Take your Bibles and remain standing, please, if you're able to. If you're not able to stand, just stand up on the inside and turn to Joshua chapter 22. Joshua 22, find verse 15, please. As we continue in a series called Crossing Over Rivers and Taking Cities. Crossing Over Rivers and Taking Cities. This is the penultimate message of the series, meaning the second to last message. There's one more after this. And uh, it's going to be sad to say goodbye to the book of Joshua. But what a tremendous time we have had. Joshua 22, verse 15 through 29. And then we'll read verse 34. If you're all there, say amen. They went to Gilead, to Reuben, to Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And they said to them, The whole assembly of the Lord says, How could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against Him now? Was not the sin of Peor enough for us? Up to this very day, we have not cleansed ourselves from that sin even though a plague fell on the community of the Lord. And are you now turning away from the Lord? If you rebel against the Lord today, tomorrow He will be angry with the whole community of Israel. If the land you possess is defiled, come over to the Lord's land, where the Lord's tabernacle stands, and share the land with us. But do not rebel against the Lord or against us by building an altar for yourselves other than the altar of the Lord our God. When Achan, the son of Zerah, was unfaithful in regard to the devoted things, did not wrath come on the whole community of Israel? He was not the only one who died for his sin. Then Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh replied to the heads of the clans of Israel, The Mighty One, God, the Lord, the Mighty One, God, the Lord, He knows. And let Israel know, If this has been in rebellion or disobedience to the Lord, do not spare us this day. If we have built our altar to turn away from the Lord and offer burnt offerings and grain offerings or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it, may the Lord himself call us to account. No. We did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, What do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you, you Reubenites and Gadites. You have no share in the Lord, so your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. That is why we said, let us get ready and build an altar, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. On the contrary, it's to be a witness. It's to be a what? A witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at this sanctuary, at his sanctuary, with our burnt offerings, sacrifice, and fellowship offerings, then in the future your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. And we said, if they ever say this to us and to our descendants, we will answer, look at the replica of the Lord's altar, which our ancestors built, not for burnt offerings and sacrifices, But as a witness, as a what? As a witness between us and you. Far be it for us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him today by building an altar, burnt offerings and grain offerings and sacrifices other than the altar of the Lord that stands before his tabernacle. Go to verse 34. Final verse in our main text. 
And the Reubenites and the Gadites gave the altar this name, a witness between us that the Lord is God. Father, we thank you and praise you for what you've done. I thank you for those who've come from afar, those who have come near, that you have prepared us and prepared our hearts to receive the word of the Lord this morning. And I pray and ask that you would take a coal from your altar, that you might place it upon my lips, that as I preach, that it would burn faith in the hearts of each and every hearer, from the youngest to the oldest. And the effects of this service would be far-reaching even to eternity. Come and have your way. Have your will. We won't stop you. Holy Spirit, come and do what you want to do. Release all that's in your heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, we have notes, that's our custom, and we'd encourage you to fill those in as we move along. If someone asked you, who are you, how would you answer that question? Who are you? Well, you might give them your name. You might say, well, I'm, I'm Irish, or I'm Scottish, or I'm Italian. Or you might say, well, I'm an American. Who are you? Who are you? The, the question of identity. I've, I've called this message, Confirming Your Identity. The issue of identity is deeper than the issue of identity concerning the world. I just saw on the news how there was a health club that's being sued by one of its members because a man who identified as being a woman went into the woman's locker room, which is allowed by that health club, and the woman who was there was appalled at that and has decided to sue them. There's no confusion in scripture about man and woman. He made this, he made us either a man or a woman, and every part of your DNA declares that. No matter what you might identify with, you are either a man or a, a, a woman. And we are identified as such. Or you can identify yourself with your family. We have inherited inherited identities that come from our families or our background or maybe our, our culture. But the greatest source of identity comes from your faith. From what? Your faith. So I'm a Christian far before I'm Scottish or Irish, far before I'm an American, and I'm a proud, a proud American. I love our country, but I'm a believer. I'm a Christian before any of those things. As we look at this text, the main crux of the text is an issue of identity and an issue of community. And it's fascinating, and to, we'll look at, the, at, the, uh, at the, the context of it here as we look at this, your notes. It, the war's over, basically. They have defeated the enemy, and now they're being, they've been distributed their land. And Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, that's a half-tribe of one of the sons of Joseph, have received an inheritance on the eastern side of the Jordan. On what side? The eastern side. That's the, that's the desert side of the Jordan. And if you go back, you can look and see how they wanted to, to take that land. And Moses said, what? No, we're all going to the promised land. And they negotiated with Moses. And Moses said, that's fine. You can have that, but you've got to fight until all the fighting's over. Then you can come back. So the fighting is basically over, even though they didn't drive out all the Canaanites. They didn't drive them all out. They were in the process of it, and they failed. And that's what David came and finished a job later, generations later. But they, the Reuben, the Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned to the eastern side of the Jordan to move into their inheritance. And they do an unusual thing. They build an altar. Uh, one version says, if you look at the, the verses prior to what we read, that it was an altar that was conspicuous. 
the thing is huge. It's a gigantic altar, even a replica of the altar that was at Shiloh where the tabernacle was. And as they built this altar, they're accused, write in your notes, of false worship. They're accused by Israel who comes, they have ten delegates come from the ten of the tribes, and they say, what are you doing? How could you do this? The issue with, with uh, Baal of Peor and how we curse that way. How many of you know that text? Israel ended up cursed because they were fornicating and breaking God's commands and a plague broke out. And he says, we've paid for the, we still haven't done paying for that sin, they said. And now you're rebelling. And he says, don't you remember Achan? And Achan was mistaken. The devoted things talks about the tithe. He didn't give the, he didn't give the devoted things back to the Lord from Jericho, and, and there is no more family of Achan. They got wiped out. And so they accuse Gad, the Reubenites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh of false worship and accuse them of being in sin. But in fact, they were not in sin. Wow. And the key verse is verse 24 and 25, and it says this. It says, no, for we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, what do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? Verse 25, the Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you, you Reubenites and Gadites. You have no share in the Lord, so your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. They did it as a witness. They did it, they did it, they built that altar to confirm their covenant identity with God for their family and the generations to come. That is profound. It's profound. They didn't want to lose their identity as the covenant people of God. They didn't want to lose their place in the community. Wow. In order to fulfill our destiny, and we've been talking about that, we've been talking about crossing over rivers and taking cities. Crossing over rivers is simply in application, overcoming every obstacle that comes your way. You're going to have obstacles. There's lots of reasons for obstacles. Sometimes it's because of our own foolishness and poor choices. Other times the devil puts obstacles in your way. And sometimes God sends storms, Jonah. Sometimes God sends storms. Or you can bind. It's hard to bind God. I don't know if you've ever tried that. It doesn't work too good. You take authority over the storm that the Lord sent you to get you back on track. That's not going to work, Slick. It can work. You can bind. You can loose. You can pray and tell you do whatever you want. The storm the Lord sent is to get you back to, to, your, to your post, to where you're supposed to be. So there's all kinds of obstacles. Discerning which one is which can be challenging. But you're going to have to overcome obstacles. You're going to have to cross over the Jordan in your life. All your life, you're going to have obstacles. Make you stronger. Build your faith. You have a whole generation that, that faced the Jordan. They, did, they ate manna, fried manna, baked manna. They had manna every day. It wasn't a big deal for them. And they never saw the parting of the Red Sea. They had a whole generation that died off the stubborn ones. 40 years. So you have a, a new group that's risen and have not seen the miracles of Egypt. Old Caleb and Joshua had. Moses didn't get healed of some unhurt, unhealed hurts at Kadesh Barnea, and his anger got a hold of him. He forfeited going into the promised land. And so you have a whole generation that saw the parting of the Jordan. Wow. God will always part the Jordan for you if you'll stay in covenant with him and you'll trust him. Come on, you could just, just charge hell with a dry water pistol if he calls you to. In order to fulfill destiny, cross over rivers, obstacles, take cities, that means expand the kingdom. You're going to have to know who you are. If you don't know, in fact, the issue of identity was key to them not going into the promised land. If you go and read, I believe it's got 
chapter 30. You can be a good Berean and go look that up. They bring back report. Caleb and Joshua are excited about what God's doing. More of the land, certainly milk and honey is amazing. And then the other 10 spies are like, oh yeah, but there's giants. They're big. They're ugly. They're uncircumcised. We're in trouble. There's no way. In fact, we seem like, and so we says grasshoppers. As a man thinks in his heart, they were. What, they, what God's intention was to encourage them, and they needed to see themselves as the way that God saw them, but they had an identity crisis. They saw themselves as subpar. They saw themselves as chattel. They saw themselves as, 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 as fodder or food, however you want to see it. They, they saw themselves as being grinded up by, by giants. But God's intention was for them to think differently. God's intention was, well, there may be giants, but my gosh, what a, that's a huge head. God's going to guide that stone, just sink it. And drop that uncircumcised fat head. God's intention was for them to see things as it was. They are the army of God. They were to be God's hand extended. His, his uh, system for judgment. A tool in the hand of the Lord to bring judgment on the Canaanites. And to evict them. They didn't, they didn't know that because they had an identity problem. If, if you're going to fulfill what God's called you to, if we're going to fulfill what God's called us to do in this hour of history, you had best know who you are. Amen. Identity. And there's a couple things you're going to need to deal with. Now, in your notes, if you flip your notes over, you'll see the back side. I've taken the liberty of giving you a few scriptures about your security, about it being accepted, about being significant. When I disciple people, I encourage them to go ahead and memorize all these scriptures that I just gave you. I will tell you that I can count on one hand the amount of people that have done that. But if you're going to walk in power, walk in authority, if you're going to fulfill everything God called you to do, if you're going to cross over rivers and take cities, um, you had better know who you are. There's identity theft, and I'm not talking about the internet. There's that too. I'm talking about the ultimate identity theft, which is Satan, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and things happen. But prior to, to getting these truths down in your heart, you're going to have to deal with what they dealt with. You have to deal with misjudgments. Misjudgments, you can fill in the blank. How many of you have been judged by somebody and they missed it? They mistakenly judged you. They thought something about you, but they were wrong. And they made decisions about you, but they were wrong. They, they misjudged you, and as a result, you got wounded, you got hurt. Let me see, how many have you been through that kind of thing? Yeah, welcome to the human race. You're going to be misjudged. You're going to have people that don't like you. We, we've settled it long ago that really there's only two or three people that like you anyway. So who really cares? The Lord loves you. Let's just get on with it. Not a popularity contest. It's about walking in who he said you are. Being what God said you can be. Doing what God said you can do. Having what God said you can have. That's real success. Misjudgments to tribes on the eastern side were doing an act of righteousness but it's actually perceived as an act of unrighteousness and sin. Wow. I've been misjudged. And you've been misjudged. And we need to deal with that. And so many of you are thinking, well, that's about other people. People, they misjudged me. Yeah, well, you misjudge yourself too. Right, right in your notes. We need to deal with misjudgment in our own lives. See, negative emotions leave when your thinking lines up with God's word. If you could line your thinking up with God's word, then your life will change. And let me say this. Your, out, your external circumstances basically reflect your internal realities that you're believing. Let me say it this way. You are not what you, what you eat, but you are what you believe. 
the, your behavior and the things that you have in your life. Now, I know the enemy comes and there's things that happen that are beyond your control because of living in a fallen human world and so on and so forth. But, you know, peace, biblical peace, biblical peace comes to those who have the thoughts of Christ dwelling in their, in their life. You see, God's going to work everything out after the council of his will. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. You start meditating on and renewing your mind according to what the truth of God's word is, who you are. You're not who you used to be. Come on. You've been saved. You've been redeemed. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. If you're born again, if, you got, if you've given your heart to Jesus, if you haven't, we can remedy that here in just a few minutes. Now we got to deal with misjudgment in our own lives. Negative emotions leave when you think differently. Truth dismantles lies. Say that. Truth dismantles lies. Lies produce negative emotions and negative effects and behaviors in people's lives. But truth dismantles it all. You have to commit yourself to renewing your mind and to really uh, understand who you are now that you've received Jesus. I know for me, I dealt with many lies in my mind as strongholds. A stronghold is a mindset that's impregnated with hopelessness that's contrary to God's word. Any way of thinking that you have in your mind that doesn't line up with scripture is a stronghold. And strongholds of the enemy will cause your life to be jacked up, toe up from the flow up. So you've got to deal with misjudgments. What you see uh, in yourself and about yourself will affect how you act and live. We're the covenant people of God. We're not dirt bags. We're not, we're not supposed to go in your backyard and eat worms. You're bought with the precious blood. You've been redeemed. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. You, you, you've been translated out of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. You're, you're not a scrub. You're not a dirt bag. You're not a loser. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If they could understand who they really were, the army of the living God called to bring judgment on the, on the, the demonic assignment there in, the, in, that, in, that, uh, uh, in that region, the promised land. In the same way that we've been called to bring basically judgment on opioid addiction and every demonic assignment in this place. To bring and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. To see a generation set free. To see people liberated. That's why God's called us. But if you don't know who you are, then you know, you'll just shrink back as someone in the habit of doing unto destruction. Come on, you're part of the army of the living God. Say hallelujah today. You've got to deal with misjudgment in your own lives. You've got to deal with misjudgment by others. Got to deal with misjudging by others. And, and God knows that when you've misju been misjudged by others, it creates a wounding. And some of you are still dealing with the wounds that took place in your, in your primary family with your primary relationships, meaning your mom and dad. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they said things about you, children to be seen and not heard, you know, and, and how come you can't be like your brother? How come you can't be? Don't let you ever say that to your kids. Kids are divine originals. They're all different. They're all unique. Amen. Don't you ever say that to your daughter. Don't you ever say things to your kids that demean them. You tell them how wonderful they are. You tell them they're fearfully and wonderfully made. You build a moral warehouse within them, how they've been called to change the world, and that they're royalty. Come on. You, you speak life, but some of you have been misjudged. And some of you have been really wounded by things that happened in your family. And as a result, you're still living out of that rejection. I've been in counseling situations with people. And now, you know, a, a, a young lady who's pregnant and crying 
there with her hands on her belly as she's pregnant out of wedlock and she says, I wish I never had this baby as she curses her own child. That is not what you should do. Now that you're pregnant, start praising the Lord. Get back on the horse, so to speak. Come on, get serving God. Love the Lord. Raise your kid in the nurture and advent. It's not time for an abortion. Hello. It's time to live for God. It's time to turn things around. I've seen people with a spirit of rejection that started in the womb. And they need such healing. There's even testimonies about people who went, their parents tried to abort them, but they survived, and they talk about it. Come on, God loves you. And you might not have had the perfect parents, but, but you had the ones you had. And the good news is that Jesus can heal you. And maybe your dad wasn't there. Maybe, he came, maybe you were afraid when he came home every night, the drunken rage and hid in the closet. I don't know what you've been through. But I want to tell you, we serve a loving God who will heal you at the very core of your being, set you free, heal every wound, take away the sting, pull the stinger out, set your feet in the firm place so that you can be a loving parent, so that you can be a parent that walks in righteousness, holiness, truth, and teaches a generation to, to do the same thing. And there's whole groups of kids that don't have fathers, absentee fathers, absentee mothers. You see some of these youth around here from time to time, these young ones, you speak life over them. You tell them you can make it. You tell them it's going to be the greatest year they've ever had. You start speaking life to them. We just would tell our kids over and over, you're a world changer. You're a world changer. You're royalty. I have in my phone, my daughter's name is my princess. That's what I call her. She's my princess. Come on, we have to get healed of some things, and, and we have to forgive people. If you're, if you're going to fulfill what God called you to do, cross over rivers and take cities, you have to know who you are. You've got to get your identity set, and you really have to become part of a community, which is what this is about also, and misjudgments of our own selves and our own minds and misjudgments of others that we would have towards them and they would have towards us. We need to break it. We need to speak life. Amen. And listen, if you've seen somebody come into the church who's broken and, 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 and messed up, you quit pointing fingers. I don't really see that happening, but I've, I've seen it in the past. Everyone's welcome here from every station of life. Every color, every nation. I mean, you look, it's like a little slice of heaven. We've got red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in his sight. All the rich, all the poor, all the halt, all the lame, all the withered. Come on, everybody is welcome into the kingdom, right? And if when you see somebody come in, like I had this happen. I came into the church, I, I, I was really a broken, hurting young man. I'd gone through divorce, I was young, I was in my 20s. And I won't tell you my whole testimony today, but I'll tell you this. When God began to raise me up, and I went through training, I became a leader, wasn't sure how that happened. And God began to elevate me, and I started having responsibilities and leading life groups and and uh, eventually went into full-time ministry, there were people that saw me when I crawled in. Can I say it that way? People that saw me, that I was broken, and that I didn't have, you know, I was hurting. I, it's like, you, you take a look at me, like, well, he needs a haircut, and, and you know, you're like, you needed a haircut? Oh, yeah, I used to have hair, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and I, would, I remember laying hands on people, and there were people that had an opinion about me. They had a view of me, and the view of me wasn't like, oh, this is, this is a man of God. He could pray for me, and my life could change. No, their view of me was like, oh, not quite sure what you're doing in leadership, but give it your best shot. <laughs> is that all you got? Okay, I'll wait for Dr. Morocco. I move on to the next person who perceives me to be like 
you know, a great man of God. Boom, miracle, prophetic words flow, power of the kingdom of God, heaven flows. And the other person's like, what? Yeah, because their view of me, they had a misjudgment. We've got to deal with misjudgment about ourselves. We've got to deal with misjudgments about others. We've got to forgive people. We've got to forgive ourselves. Come on, the blood of Jesus is, is, is able to do it. You, you've got to deal with misjudgments about the devil. The devil's a father of lies, so he'll try to get you to take his bait. He'll try to get you to do, you know, get in a place where you begin to believe his lies. The power of the devil is in, in a lie. Look at B. Be a witness. Everybody say, be a witness. Be a witness. Wow. Think of this text is... Think of it in this way. The Old Testament is types and shadows of that which is to come. So think of the promised land where they just crossed over and defeated all the Canaanites. Well, almost. They didn't quite finish the job. We'll talk about that later. And uh, they, they take the promised land. The promised land is a picture of heaven. The Jordan is a picture of death, the picture of baptism. It represents many different things. Picture of change, picture of transition. The, the wilderness represents... Uh, sin, it represents uh, disobedience, um, Egypt represents the world, right? And so when God brought Israel out of the house of bondage, out of Egypt, through the wilderness, and he brings them across the Jordan into the promised land, it's a picture of the, the fullness of that. I don't mean the promises here, I mean literally crossing over to heaven. And there's and it, songs of a bygone era that would talk about crossing over Jordan, going into the promised land as dying and going to heaven. But think about it this way. Think about if the promised land is heaven and Jordan is death, the outpost here, the altar, the witness, is a picture of us on this side of glory declaring that Jesus Christ was crucified and risen again. Declaring that you can be free, you can be healed, you can be whole. On this side of the Jordan, declaring to people in the wilderness, declaring that there's a God in heaven who loves you, has got a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, he knows the plans he has for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That is what we are called to do. This, this, is, this building's a witness. Our new church is a witness. Listen, you can't, you won't be able to drive into this valley and, and look and go, what? How did a church get the most prime piece of property? God, 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 God. God before you. Who can be against you? Who could fulfill that? I, I mean, I've had business people actually get a little mad at me. They were saying, what are you doing? Sell that. Sell the whole front. Build the church down in the hole, down, down below. Build, do something else. Too much money you're wasting. I'm thinking, no, no, you don't understand. The church used to be the center of the community, and it's becoming the center of the community again, at least in this town, at least in this state. Yes, it is. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't come on, banks and Costco's, they've, they've all loved to be the center of the community. It's the church needs to come out of the closet itself and be placed in a place of prominence. Thank God that place is a witness. You'll be able to drive in and go, whoa, what a building. Even the mayor said, even the mayor said it's the crown jewel of Wasilla. How could that happen? God. It's a witness to say that if you'll believe God, if you'll serve God, if you'll win souls, if you'll stand and not be pushed back, pushed back by fear, if you'll leap and take those leaps of faith, take those steps of faith, God will do it for you. God will do it for a people. History books are waiting to be written about a people who will believe God.
well, just hope he comes to get us sometime. Just, oh, God. It's like the white flag of surrender. Lord, oh, Lord, you see how hard it is, God. I know what hard is. Hard is the way of the transgressor. This is not hard. Oh, there's battles, but we win every one. Everybody say, be a witness. Our church is to be a witness, but be a witness first to your family. To your family. Be a witness to your family. And that doesn't mean running to all your family members and say, you're going to fry in hell if you don't get saved. <laughs> Some of you tried that. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get saved and you're like, ah! He just want to tell everybody, listen, Jesus loves you. You're going to hell, man. You're going to hell. You know you're just on fire. Can't wait to tell people about hell and heaven. You know, that might not be the greatest way. I mean, if you've done that, you know, praise the Lord. But we are called to be a witness to our family. And usually it's our family that are the hardest ones to be witnesses to. And what I mean by that, about being filled with love. That, you know, it's easy to, to be compassionate to the neighbor. It's easy to be compassionate to, you know, to give the, you know, men are funny. I, I've, I've known men that won't do one thing around their house, but they'll go to the next door neighbor and fix their screens. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The, the, the next, they won't do anything around their place, but they'll go to the next door neighbor and be a good, be a good neighbor. They go to the neighbor. And, and, you know, just help them. And because they need help. And, and the wife and the husband are there. You're so handy. You're, she's like, oh, well, thank you very much. I'm just, I'm just in town for a couple days. And, uh. But back home, there's no honor. Generally. Listen, if you, want, if you want your husband to start working, you start building him up. He's like the Lord. What do you mean? Come on. He inhabits the praises of his people. God, you're so good. It's like, oh, you're so handsome. You're so strong. You can, he'll be like. What can I do for you? Do you need anything? Oh, yeah. It might not work on day one, but it'd definitely be working day two, day three, day four. He'd just be like, oh, yeah. You walk around, he'd just be like, uh-huh. That's right. What can I do for you, babe? Because that's because men are like the Lord. We show up, you build, you, build up the, you build up your man, and he shows up. Now we, we need to be a witness to our family, and sometimes that's the hardest because we, they get to see the ugly sides of us, and, but we need to be loving and kind. The, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, 10, as we have therefore opportunity to let us do good to all men, especially... Unto them who are of the household of faith. That's to your brothers and your sisters and your family. In 1 Timothy 5, 8, the man who doesn't provide for his family is worse than the unbeliever. Now, you might be seeing dollar signs as provision, and I think that's part of it. But I'll tell you what, there's a spiritual provision too. And you've got to be the head of your household. You've got to, come on. Husband and wife, you've got to, you've got to, sit, you've got to love each other. You've got to model what it is. You want to tell your kids to read the Bible all the time, and you don't read it. Do you actually think they're going to read it? They ain't going to read it. They're going to do what you do, not what you say. We've got to be a witness to our family. We've got to be a witness to others by your life, by your good deeds. Listen, if you're, mean, if you're a mean cuss and you don't, you don't 
bless people and tip good, don't tell them you come to my church. I'm just telling you. You get to heaven and you stand before the judgment seat, don't tell them you came here. Don't tell them. Don't tell the Lord. Come on, we should be kind. We should be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, some people call themselves a Christian. They look like they got baptized in lemon juice. It is so stinking mean and cheap. Oh, not here. Okay, praise God. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Must be online. Somebody online is a word of knowledge. Come on, we need to be filled with love. We need to love people. Love is not jealous. Come on, if you want to know what love is, go read 1 Corinthians 13. We'll all be convicted and like have an altar call that every one of us can answer. Jesus, help us to be like you. Help us to be a witness to our family. Help us to be a witness to the community. I'm so blessed by 495 people getting, giving their hearts to Jesus. I had somebody say, well, that's not real salvation. Um, what prayer did you pray when, when, who are you to say? Say, where are they? Well, I think some of them are here. And, and we're reaching out and we're getting disciples. We need to be a witness to people. Listen, your job as a believer, one of them is to be a witness. You say, well, I'm not, I don't have the gift of evangelist. I don't feel led. You need to get the let out. And start really loving on people. And we've got some, you know, we've got some cards in different ways and different tools. I told you how I, I'm a soul winner now. But I, 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 when I started, I was so insecure about, about it. I just didn't want to get rejected because I had this spirit of rejection, really. I told you how I started. I had a, a, a Volkswagen Rabbit. It had some rust on it. It was a convertible. And uh, I would pull up at a stoplight and wait. How many of you know the timings of stoplights and stuff? And so I'd wait, and it starts to turn. It's about to turn. And I'd go, excuse me, excuse me. And they'd roll their window down, and I'd have it in first gear with my foot on the clutch. Jesus loves you. What? I'd just take off. I was like, hallelujah, it's a start. Praise God, they heard it. I think all they heard is, hallelujah. They didn't even hear anything I said. And we need to be a witness. I mean, I started that way. I don't know how you want to start, but have reason for the hope that lies within you. Be ready to invite people, call people. Listen, we're dealing with hell and death. We're not just dealing with, we're not dealing with some little philosophy, a little, a little party for Jesus, patty cake for the Lord on Sunday morning. There is hell is at stake. Heaven is at stake. People are on drugs. People are addicted. Oh, gosh. I, I, was, I was in the sauna over the, over the past couple days. And I'm sitting there, and these two grown men, I mean, they're, they're in their 70s. And they're talking about nutrition. And everything they said was wrong. No, really. One guy's got diabetes. And the other guy is struggling with all kinds of gout and difficulty. And everything they said from everything I know is wrong. So I'm listening to them and I'm just like, shut up. Just shut up. I'm talking to myself. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, I got to go. I got to hurry up and go. I'm like, Lord, do you want me to witness? No, you don't. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, anybody ever felt like that? And, and I didn't witness to him. I didn't. I'm just saying. I was going to. And I decided, let them all fry. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm hoping to get another shot. But as they were talking, they started talking about how, you know, about how they've changed their life through, through smoothies. And, and their life's been changed through smoothies. And it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And then, and then the one guy says, yeah, and, and, I, and cannabis. 
And I was just all, oh, no, I'm not getting a fight right in the middle of the thing. And he says, yeah, and I, I, sm I smoke cannabis because it makes me happy. And I thought, okay, they're going to get, and right at that time, I'm just about ready to bust out and go for it. They're like, well, they got to get up and they walk out. And I thought, Jesus, what deception. People are deceived. Listen, drugs can't make you happy. No, well, there's pharmaceutical, well, there's qualities that really help you. Okay, I understand. I understand. All right, I understand. There are, there are you know, chronic back problems, but you don't believe for Jesus. And I believe that painkillers can be okay, but you can also get addicted. It can also be very bad. I'm going to get into a hole. I just stepped in a pile of something. I don't... David, help me. David. <laughs> I remember standing in a, in a community meeting, and there were people arguing the use of marijuana and all of that, and it's been legalized, and for which I grieve. I know that there's wonderful uses of byproducts that can help bring healing, and I, and, I, and I think that's great. But for getting high and all that so that you can feel better about yourself, it's just wrong. Intoxication's wrong. Alcohol, marijuana, intoxication's wrong. So I remember hearing these stories about people with PTSD, and now that I can smoke pot, they said, PTSD doesn't bother me anymore. And I thought, my gosh, I need to get them to talk to John Duke. Yeah, John Duke, the guy clapping over here. <laughs> he had PTSD. He gave his life to Jesus. And his testimony is amazing of God's deliverance and God's power. It's really awesome. We need to be a witness to others by the way in which we live and the way that we act, the way that we talk. Come on, let's move on. We need to be a witness to spiritual forces. This is, this is interesting. Um, the, the, listen, the church, turn to, turn to Ephesians 3.10. Minister Micah, would you come to the keys, please? The church, uh, well, let's read this. Ephesians uh, 3, verse 1, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery. Everybody say the mystery. The mystery made known to me by revelation. Okay, what is he talking about? What mystery is he talking about? The mystery he's talking about and the revelation that he received is why he was on the road to Damascus. The Lord appeared to him and spoke to him and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. The revelation is this. Christ in you, says Colossians, the hope of glory. So it, Paul is saying... I appeared to you, this administration of God's grace, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you were able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. So the mystery of Christ is what? Deity in humanity. Say it, the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ is deity in humanity. It's the revelation that God himself can take up residence in your, in your heart. When you believe and receive Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected, and you repent of your sin, He comes into your heart. He makes you alive to Him. Before that, you're dead. It's the greatest message. It's called the gospel or the good news. Verse 5. Which was not made known to people in other generations, 
as has now been revealed by the Spirit of God. In other words, he's saying, this, they didn't know this, the fullness of this in the Old Testament, although they prophesied, but now it's been made known. Verse six, this mystery, what's the mystery? Jesus in you, deity in humanity. This mystery is through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together the, pr the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. And he goes on to say in verse 8, though I'm the least of these, and he says that because he was a Christian killer. But I preached the boundless riches of Christ, verse 9, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Remember what the mystery is which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent, his intention was that now through the church, through the what? Through the church, through the nios, the, 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 the nios of God, the dwelling place of God, through, through the, the gathered assembly of God's people who were purchased by the blood, that through, through us, through the community of faith, that through the community of faith, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers, authorities, and heavenly realms. Understand this before I go to verse 11. We are in a spiritual battle, and as I'm preaching to you, I am preaching into the heavenlies as well. And that which is taking place right now is supernatural. And I declare that Jesus is crucified and risen again, that he's the King of kings and Lord of lords, and there is no other God but him. He alone is God. And I declare there's no sickness, no infirmity, no disease. There is no weapon that's formed against you that shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you shall be condemned. You're the head, not the tail. You're the lender, not the borrower. You have authority. But some of you have lost your identity. You forgot who you were. We're to be a witness. We're to be a burning, shining lamp. We're to hold out the word of truth and shine like stars in the firmament. We're not supposed to just walk around mumbling, waving a white flag, hoping that Jesus comes back to get us. We're supposed to take over. We're supposed to occupy until he comes. Quit living beneath your God-given authority and begin to be a witness of somebody who's redeemed. You don't need to whisper that you're saved. It's not Pakistan. All right. I'm a Christian. You're, oh, I'm a Christian too. Like, it's awesome. What? We're, we're, we're not in some... We're becoming an occupied country, but it's going to change. I believe there's a mighty change. I believe that God is raising up a people that know who they are. Those that know their God and, and know whose they are. Come on, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. The church has forgotten what they have. Don't forget what you have. Verse 11, according to his eternal purpose. So his intention, verse 10, is that now that through you and me, the manifold, that means multifaceted like a diamond. The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in him and through faith in him. We may approach God with freedom and confidence. Wow. You can come right into the very throne of God because of the blood 
of Jesus. It's nothing like your presence, Lord. It's nothing like your presence. In your presence, there's healing divine. away my sin made me born again yes you set my feet upon a rock firm place well, I know who I am I know who I belong to I've been purchased by the blood washed in the blood I'm a new creature I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. express the manifold wisdom of the Lord, the mystery of deity inside of humanity so people can get free from the bondages of the enemy. That's what, come on, not just in this generation, and the generation to come. Train your kids. Teach your kids. Get them plugged in. Learn the Word. Memorize those scriptures I gave you. Come on, sing with me one more time. Let the redeem. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord. Mm. Yeah, sing it, sing it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I pray for healing for all those that experience misjudgment and trauma. I pray, Lord, for a removing, Lord, of every, of every ailment, every pain that's taken place because of that. Those that are fractured in their spirit, wounded spirits, those that are wounded, God, those that are hurting, those that are broken. I command a spirit of rejection to be broken through the acceptance of Jesus. And the acceptance that comes by the blood. I pray for healing in families, healing in marriages, healing with kids. I pray, God, that we would know who we are in you and that you would be, we would be rooted and grounded in the truth of Scripture, that we could be a witness in everything we do. The people around the community, when they get a big tip, they're like, man, you must go to that King's Chapel. When somebody's sweet, they get witnessed to, they get talked to about the Lord, they get prayed for and they get healed. You must go to that. You must be a part of the church of the living God. Yes. Lord, thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place in the condition that you came in. There really is a place called hell. Don't play church. You can't make it into heaven any more than you can become an automobile by standing in your garage. You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. A monkey could wear a suit, but he still wouldn't be part of the human race. It's the same with you and I. Oh, yes, he made you, knit you together in your mother's womb, but you're separated because of sin. You must receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You must believe on him. Believe in your heart and confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved. To as many as called on him, he gave them the right. He gave them the authority to become children of God. Just a few more moments and our service is over. Where are you today? If you died today, if today was your last day, would you go to heaven? If you can't say yes unequivocally, give your heart to Jesus. If you can't remember whether you gave your heart to the Lord before, then it's very possible you didn't because it's not the kind of thing that you forget. All across this place, those online, nobody moving around, please. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time? You want to make a recommitment to Him? If that's you, give your heart to Jesus for the first time, make a recommitment, or maybe the enemy lies to you and you're just not sure, and you want to be sure. You fit in any of those categories. On the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you all the way in the back. God bless you. I see that hand, young man. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. God bless you. Perhaps online as well. God bless you. Would you all stand with us all across this place? Pray this prayer with me right out loud. No, let's do this differently. If you raised your hand and you're serious about it, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you realize, man, I need to respond. We never want to embarrass anybody. We want to protect your dignity. That's, that's the right thing. But we also understand that Scripture says, if you acknowledge me before my Father in heaven, I'll acknowledge you. If you deny me, if you deny me before men, then, then I'll, I'll deny you. If you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. There's the Scripture. 
So I know it's very hard to live for the Lord if you can't live for Him in front of a bunch of people that love Him. So if you're really serious, you want to get right with God, you want your sins forgiven, you want heaven to be your home, and you're not sure, or for the first time, or in recommitment, quickly come right here. Come meet me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you mine. Come on, meet me right here. Come on, come. Somebody should put their hands together for these. Come on. person on the right, person on your left, and ask him, so uh, do you have Jesus in your heart? And if they're like, uh, 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 then just say, I'll go down with you, all right? And if, and if they do, they'll be excited that you stepped out of your comfort zone to do it. Are you ready? Set? Go ahead, ask him, ask him. Do you have Jesus in your heart? And if they don't, just bring him on down. All right, come on, bring him on down. Lord, I give you my heart. Come on, sing it. Lord, I give you Come on, come, come on. Come on. Come on, come down if you need to come down. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Yeah. Come on, have your way. Lord, have your Come on, come. Come on, come. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my This is why we're here. This is why we do what we do. To see people come to Christ and grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Every head bowed. And, and if, if you're up here, I'm so glad you are. If you're not, it's all right. You pray right where you're at. And for those of you that are walking with Jesus, wonderful. One to ten. Ten would be like totally on fire. Where are you? <laughs> I think that'd be a 10. That was a, probably a 10 somewhere. Come on, you, you pray this prayer. You just recommit. Affirm, affirm your identity right now. You ready? Confirm your identity of who you are. Say with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill, touch, heal 
restore. Break every chain, break every bondage, break any addiction. In the name of Jesus, I declare and proclaim that these have been washed in your blood. God, give them a hunger for the word, a hunger for the things of God, a hunger for worship and fellowship with other believers. Use them to be a witness in a lost and a dying culture. Fulfill all their purpose, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Here, we're going to do one more thing. Pastor Vince, would you lead us right down the center aisle? Would you give us just two minutes? Just two minutes. We're going to lead you. Just go ahead, follow Pastor Vince, if you would, right down that center aisle, guys. Go ahead, turn this way. We're going to give you a little gift. We're going to bless you, help you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Lord, thank you. Come on with all your heart. Come on, worship Him. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. give Jesus a big hand clap. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Come on. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Come on, people getting saved, people getting healed today. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify your holy name today. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God and the salvation to all who believe. Lord, we celebrate you. Thank you. I pray that you put a special grace on these to really know what your word says about us. That we would be rooted and grounded. That we would know, as it says here in the rest of that text, the prayer of the Apostle Paul. I pray that out of your glorious riches, you may strengthen us with power through the Spirit in our inner being so that you Lord may dwell in our hearts through faith and we pray that we would be rooted and established in love and may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide how long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled to the full measure of the fullness of God. Now unto him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now bless your people, God. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, Lord. Be gracious to us. Keep us. And give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. We love you. We'll hope to see you tonight at 6 o'clock.